0: Peter Leonard is a second-generation thriller writer and son of the renowned Elmer Leonard. We All um, all us thriller uh, seekers have probably read uh, numerous books of Elmer. Um, Here's what Carl Hyacinth says about Peter's work. Uh, Clearly, it's great storytelling. It runs in the Leonard family's DNA. And Eyes Closed Tight, um, which is Peter's most recent work, is relentless, surprising, and deeply satisfying. This is Greg Grasso. I'm talking with Peter Letter today, and this is Chapter One. How are you, Peter?
1: Very good, Greg.
0: Pleasure <laughs> to be with you. <laughs> um, you've got six uh, novels under your belt. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about Eyes Closed Tight? <clears throat> Eyes
1: Closed Tight uh, is uh, about a uh, <clears throat> retired Detroit police homicide investigator <clears throat> named Eau Claire who buys a motel in Pompano Beach, Florida, and uh, he's living there with his much younger girlfriend, Virginia, who can fix anything, and uh, life is good until Eau Claire finds the body of a young girl on the beach in front of his property, and he learns that the uh, the girl was murdered in a peculiar way that reminds him of a case that he'd solved years earlier in Detroit. Mm. And when, when a second body is uh, left on his beach, he knows someone's trying to tell him something. And uh, he, he he starts to help a, uh, a young, inexperienced Pompano Beach, Florida homicide investigator named Holland. And uh, Eau Claire realizes that uh, the only way to get answers is to go back to Detroit and look at his old case file and... Uh, and see if he missed something he obviously did so that's kind of how it it begins and uh and that's uh you know it it the story starts to uh, take off from there
0: um this uh detroit cop how how good was he was he a good i he, mean was he a good detective
1: <laughs> he was yeah he yeah. had been uh, involved in uh solving Fifteen hundred uh, homicides in his uh, many years. Uh, wow! On the force. Wow! So he was good. He was. Uh, he was a little unorthodox in his methods, as uh, as the reader will find out. But uh, he kind of played by his own rules. But he got results.
0: Yeah, and results are the name of the game when you're solving murders. Uh, I suspect. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah. 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 You, you pull out every resource you have. You pull out. Uh, uh, all the disciplines you know and uh, try to solve the case. I, I, I like cases like that. Um this this reminded me similar uh um to some of Jeffrey Deaver's work. Um I've I've had Jeffrey on the show a number of times and uh you know, he's a pretty good thriller writer. Actually uh Actually, you're pretty darn good yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, it, this is I look at it as uh, old-time crime fiction mm-hmm. updated, mm-hmm. Uh, and the reader is looking over Eau Claire's shoulder while he reinvestigates uh, the case. And, uh, and I think it's kind of fascinating, and this is kind of what I did when I hung out with... Uh, Detroit police homicide for a month, uh, a couple years ago.
2: Hmm.
1: And that's really where I got the, some of the ideas. Mm-hmm. And I got all of the background material, all of the, uh, the ballistics information and all the, uh, the evidence. And, uh, you know, cause I, I pulled it from actual, uh, cases. Yes. And, uh, so it's, it's accurate. And, uh, and I found it fascinating to to read old case files and uh because when you when you pick up an old file, you don't really know what happened and so I poured through uh, old case files just as Eau Claire, the main character in eyes closed tight, hmm. is going through his old case file written by him and uh I think it's pretty interesting
0: yeah um was there any d n a uh, um uh uh, findings um uh did did uh, he use uh you know current technology obviously
1: uh... yeah uh, the 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 case that he'd solved was in two thousand six so mm. you know dna was certainly available uh dna technology but <clears throat> he didn't really need it uh to to solve the case uh but as we find out he probably got the wrong guy he arrested the wrong guy and uh and put this guy away. He's serving two life terms in uh, IMAX, which is a a penitentiary in uh, Northern Michigan.
0: Right. Maximum security. Yeah. Huh. So where, where's this coming from? Where is, where is, because, because you've, like I said, you've got six uh, so far. Where is this coming from now? I know you grew up with your dad, you know, uh, did, so I guess the question is, did, did he stimulate interest, um, in you when you were a young child? Did, uh, uh, is this something that you, uh, uh, um, just developed into or, you know, wanted to follow dad's footsteps? Uh, what that's a good
1: question. Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, <clears throat> it's a tough one to answer quickly, but,
2: uh, sure.
1: I, I mean, I, I remember, uh, going down the basement of our house uh, when I was a young kid and I would uh, watch my father, <clears throat> he'd be sitting at a little red desk writing longhand, uh, his typewriter next to him. And uh, across the room was a wastebasket and there were all these yellow balls of paper mm-hmm. shots that had missed the basket scenes that didn't work. And, uh, so I remember that and I rem- you know, certainly my father would talk about what he was doing and, uh, he said that he well he he was working in advertising when I was a kid and uh, he was a copywriter at Campbell Ewald doing writing uh, Chevrolet ads hmm. and uh, but he was writing before that he would get up at five a.m. and write from five to seven and try to write two pages a day and uh, but he wouldn't he he had this uh, <clears throat> pact he made with himself he couldn't turn the water on for the coffee until he'd written a page so. You know, this I had been hearing, you know, all my life, how my dad, uh, you know, wanted to write and uh, and did all these things. You know, he because that was the that was the only time that he could write. And uh, and then growing up, my father would talk about characters and scenes, and and he would say, hey, you you know, if you're going to write, you've got to tell your story through the eyes of your characters and shifting points of view. So he kind of bombarded me and my brothers and sisters with this kind of stuff and encouraged us all to write. Hmm. But uh, no one took him up on it until I did. Uh, I, wrote, I, I wrote a uh, short story after college, and uh, I sent it to my dad. It was a six-page story, and he sent me a uh, three-page critique a few days later, and uh, And one line that kind of summed up the whole thing. He said, uh, your characters are like strips of leather drying in the sun. They all look and sound the same.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, and then, of course, I didn't write another word for 27 years, (laughs) word of fiction. (laughs) Not because of that as much as, uh, you know, my father, well, I got involved in in, uh, advertising. I started an ad agency and... uh, Mm. And had a family, and and decades flew by, mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, I I decided, well, I'd thought about writing, but as my father got more and more famous, the idea of you know trying to follow in his footsteps seemed impossible, and uh, and yet one day I thought I got to do this. Well, I was fifty years old, and uh, mm-hmm. if I said if I'm ever going to do it, I got to do it now, mm-hmm. and uh, so I ended up uh, writing uh, Quiver. Right. And, uh, and I asked my father to read it. I gave him a manuscript when I finished. And I was a little nervous because of what he'd said uh, 27 years earlier. Sure. And uh, sure. <laughs> he, uh, he liked it a lot. He called me up after a couple hours. He was part way into it. He said, this is really good.
2: Hmm.
1: And then called me the next day and then w- and called me again when he finished. So he was very complimentary. And, uh, and it was exciting to just to, to hear his praise. I was waiting for that. Right, and uh, on the strength of uh, the book, I got an agent and uh, a publisher. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, you know, off and running.
0: Yeah, wow, that's how it started. That's fantastic. What did you do in advertising, uh, Peter?
1: I was a copywriter. I mean, I I was the president of the agency, but uh, ah. I uh, I did you know, handled accounts and 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 did copywriting too.
2: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, my
1: Volkswagen and Audi and Hiram Walker. Uh, oh, okay. Hiram Walker makes Canadian club. Sure. Sure. I So good accounts, fun accounts. Yeah. And uh
0: Yeah, I remember drinking some Canadian club early in my career too. <laughs> <laughs> I I was in advertising also. I, I got my feet Oh were you? Yeah, I got my feet wet uh with uh young and Ruben Cam and uh, uh W J T um back in san diego during the um, late 70s and early 80s and i was with a company called diet center for many many years in the 80s and worked with some top guns It it was fun um so okay so you didn't write for 27 years um do you think you had to wait that long to grow up and find out who you were um because you know at 50 i i had a uh, i had a situation at 50 it's like who the hell am i and where am i going you know so did you have yeah, that yeah. did you have that kind of uh, dynamic happen to you uh, you just or, or was this just something you know deep down that you just wanted to prove to yourself
1: well i had uh, been writing ads for sure. 25 years and uh plus 25 plus years and I thought, you know what? I want to leave something. You know, I want to do something that's a little more significant than than this. And I was really bored uh, with advertising. And mm-hmm. it was just a—it's a—it's an hour, never time to, you know, either do it or or don't do it. Try it, and if you don't make it, then just at least you've tried. That's why that was the inner
0: monologue I had with myself. Right. That sounds cool. It sounds a lot like me too. Um. Okay so you your father sound like a very disciplined writer um, What about you? Are you disciplined or do you write when you see it or hear it or do you try to knock out pages every day? What, what's your style?
1: Well I, uh, I work every day mm-hmm. and uh, when I'm writing a book I, uh, I get up and take care of business early uh, you know returning emails and things and then uh, I sit down, from you know nine thirty or ten in the morning until five, five or five thirty. So it's a it's a you know it's a full day. It's a I treat it as a job, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I like it. it. Time flies by. That's the odd thing. Um, it, when I was in advertising, the uh, you know, the day just it went on forever. And now doing what I really love to do, the day flies by. I wish I had more time. I look up and it's four o'clock, and I think, oh boy. Yeah. I need a little more. I need a few more hours, at, uh, but you can only you're only good for you know x number of hours a day. Sure. And uh, so I you know, at at, at five thirty I quit and uh, start uh, cooking dinner for my wife. And uh, I've always been the cook in the family, and uh, and that's a good way to kind of distance uh, myself from what i've done although it's impossible to turn it off you know i still i'm still thinking of ideas as i'm oh, preparing the meal oh and i may run into my writing room and write you know write something down just an idea that i that came to me
0: yeah absolutely um this is blowing my head off my shoulders because uh, my passion is cooking i've been cooking since i was a little kid grew up uh, italian american family back east eight uh oldest of eight kids catholic uh but hell, I was rolling meatballs at six, seven years old. <laughs> what, what kind yeah, of? Yeah, st-
1: grasso. That's yeah, yeah certainly. That's, uh, that's Italian. Tight, yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, what kind of stuff do you cook?
1: I uh, cook uh, stews, mm-hmm. French stews, mm. uh, beef stew, uh, nice. fish of all kinds, um, hey. a gumbos, a jambalaya, uh, a barbecue. Okay. Uh,
0: you know,
1: just. Just about everything.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love the I love the um, um, connection with cooking and creativity because um, we, you and I, being creative, uh, you're in a entirely, entirely different world. But but uh, the creative process is something that a lot of people don't understand. It takes time. You know, it's not um, copywriting is one thing, but but stringing something together, you know, for days and days and weeks and months is is. Uh, it's hard to do, um, and and that creative outlet helps. I guess, yeah, makes sense. Definitely, to make.
1: I try to write a thousand words a day, so that's four pages, which doesn't sound like much in uh, you know seven or eight hours, but it is. It's yeah. it's difficult. Yeah,
0: do you do an outline or do you just write down what pops into your head? No, so I, I
1: I have written outlines, mm-hmm. um, and for the first uh, actually for the first six books, I. I had an outline. I had a path. Mm -hmm. Kind of knew where I was going. But uh, the book I just wrote, uh, I did it the way my father always wrote. Uh, That is, not knowing anything, Uh, developing characters. And uh, I mean, I had a, I had a, a a situation that that's that uh, the book begins with. But after that, I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I found it to, to be difficult. It was fun. It was challenging. But I'd rather know a little bit more about the story.
0: Hmm. Crazy. So, okay, uh, obviously you're talking about the book currently you're writing? Is it an Eau Claire uh, um, uh, continuation? No, no it's not. Oh, okay.
1: Huh. It's, a, it's a book actually that, that begins on the the one I just finished, uh, begins on the morning of 9 uh, 11 in New York City, hmm. and two. Two collectors who work for a uh, loan shark are, uh, they are, they pull up at the uh, World Trade Center and uh, they're there to, to uh, collect a debt from a guy who is on the uh, 89th floor of Tower One. And uh, as one guy is crossing the plaza, the first plane hits. And uh, I, I can't really tell you a whole lot more because it'll give it away, but... Uh, huh. That's how it begins, and uh, wow. so it's kind of a high concept idea, and uh, you know, it's—I uh, think it's interesting. I use nine eleven a little bit, you know, just just as a as a background, but the uh, kind of set the tone. The yeah. story takes off from there. Huh, huh. Do you have a title yet? It's well, you know, interestingly, uh, I had my father over uh, for dinner one night and uh used to have them actually you know several times a week and uh and and he said to me what's your title and i said uh it's unidentified remains and he took a drag of his virginia slim's 100 and blew the smoke out and looked at me and, and he said uh, unknown remains i said better so not it's unknown remains
0: not bad that's very cool that's so cool huh virginia slims oh god does that bring me back <laughs> when i was 20 i was looking at all these 15 year old men and women just smoking virginia slims i love it oh god um well yeah um let's go let's go this way what what do you really um what do you remember um you know you talked earlier about growing up and your dad had influence and everything, but, uh, uh, how was your relationship with him? Did you have a, did you have a tight relationship with him your whole life? Um, um, I mean, what was that Uh, like?
1: Well, I would say I had a, you know, I had a close relationship with him, uh, most of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he divorced my mother, uh, Mm -hmm. and then he married a a woman he, he was having an affair with Joan Mm -hmm. and they, they got married and, and, uh, I think we're together for 12 years and then Joan died And Elmore who he, he, he had to have uh, a woman around him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and maybe because of his, uh, solitary profession, mm-hmm. you know, being by himself all day, he needed somebody to talk to, but, uh, he ended up marrying a woman three months after his second wife died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was his best man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and after that, you know, we, I didn't see him as much because he spent a lot of time with uh, his new wife. But they divorced a, a few years ago, yeah. and uh, a few years before that, uh, uh, Elmore and I would uh, go on tour together. We we typically would have a, a book out at the same time, mm-hmm. and uh, we would go to... Uh, you know, Bookstores and uh, book festivals together, and uh, universities and libraries, and so we had a a little shtick that we did, and uh, and it was really fun. And we, I spent a great deal of time with him, and had an incredibly cr- close relationship with him the last uh, five years of his life.
0: Yeah, fantastic.
1: And it was great. And we, I mean, I would have him over f- four times a week for dinner. And uh, he was losing weight because he 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 rode all day, and he wouldn't. He'd have a, a cup of coffee in the morning and maybe a piece of toast. Yeah. Wouldn't have uh, lunch, Then he'd come over, you know, and just he'd eat everything in sight. <laughs> so, and uh, but no, it was just it was just fun. I had a great time with him. Wow, very cool,
0: very cool. What's the most important thing that you learned from your dad, Peter? Um... Well, there are. Well about writing
1: or no about life about life about life uh yeah man, you know do whatever you want, but do it well yeah. um, you gotta enjoy yourself, you gotta have fun you gotta you gotta you gotta live life to the fullest mm. um, don't judge people um, mm. you know just just worry about yourself mm. those are the kinds of things that uh, that I think he you know instilled in me and my brothers and sisters yeah he was a really kind good guy
2: hmm mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah I, my dad was a good kind guy also yeah he passed a few years ago he was a gallery artist uh watercolor back east but huh crazy i love it i love it yeah yeah
1: it's it. tough though when you're when your father dies you know you uh it, it took a while to come to grips with it for me. And, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, cause Elmore Leonard, uh, at age 87 was still going strong. And, uh, mm-hmm. he, he seemed like the kind of guy that could go on forever. He smoked for 70 years and, uh, wow. nothing happened to him. He was, he was that one percenter that doctors, you yes. know, they, they don't like, you know, they don't like people that smoke that long and, and nothing happens right. you know, because they, it's just it's you know it's unbelievable it's unusual
0: yeah wow wow crazy was he uh, did he come from an immigrant family or um, is he no no been... he
1: was uh, born in uh, New Orleans and okay. uh, his uh, his parents were uh, born in in the U S and uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, my great great grandfather was uh, William Leonard was born in. Uh, County Cork, hmm. so Leonard's. We Leonard's are part Irish, and uh, I'd say the you know the biggest part. So
0: <laughs> cool. Um, well, hey, let's get back to let's get back to your first novel for a second. Quiver, um, how long did that take you uh, to do to write? Because I suspect, well, this may not be true, but does it get easier as you write more? Does it? Um, do, uh, or do you struggle with the same kind of uh, uh, character building and language and that kind of stuff?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you're you still... It, it's still difficult to uh, write a book, but yeah. I think what happens is you get more more familiar and more confident, and mm-hmm. confidence is a great thing. Uh, yes. you know, I, when I wrote Quiver, I really didn't know what I was doing. And uh, hmm. so now... Uh, you know, seven novels, uh, six novels later, uh, mm-hmm. I feel that I do have a grasp of uh, the, the, uh, the process and, uh, and how to tell a story and uh, how to make it suspenseful, how to develop characters and uh, write dialogue. And it, it, uh, John D. MacDonald, uh, novelist, he said that uh, you, you don't know what you're doing as a, as a writer until you've written a million words. Hmm. And, uh, and I, there may be some truth in that. I mean, I haven't written a million words yet, but I feel that I'm, you know, I'm getting there hmm. and, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest. And, uh, my father did that too, that he, you know, he wasn't really discovered, uh, until he had written 23 novels. And, uh, wow. so he, he, tr- you know, he, he just kept getting better and better, forcing himself to do, a. uh you come up with better stories and better characters, and uh, it paid off.
0: Yeah, obviously. Um, what, what I like about your style, you write like Baldacci to me. Uh, you build these little scenes, okay? And for someone like me, who's very visual, um, I have to – and for for me to get into any kind of book, I have to have these little scenes that connect together – and I like the way you've done that because, uh, uh, you, you know, your chapters are, are short. Uh, you don't have a thousand characters in the thing. Um, but but the language, uh, the way you write is, uh, it, it, to me, builds pictures, you know. Um, like well,
1: I, I think that's because I, I write in scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm picturing what's going on like a movie. And, yes, uh, yes and i like yeah, that I'm, I'm, yeah. i think it helps it helps to uh, to give the reader you know an easier look at uh, what's happening
0: sure absolutely huh this is i can't wait actually i can't wait to write it. read another one of your books this is pretty cool um is ice Clothes tight going to be a hardback or are you going to stay with uh softback um Uh, I just got a softback
1: one. Yeah, the uh, publisher uh, is convinced that Mm -hmm. uh, it this the uh, it's it's a trade paperback size that that's the way to go. Right. Because um, the book business is in turmoil and has been uh, since 2008, Mm -hmm. when the economy really you know had some major problems. Um, So. My publisher believes that e-books are the wave of the future, mm-hmm. and uh, that paperbacks are a far easier sell than a, you know, twenty-eight-dollar hardcover book. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the strategy behind the, uh, you know, the soft uh, cover.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I like it. It's a great size. The typeface is got to be at least twelve point. Thirteen point, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can read it. Oh yeah, you can read it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people I talk to who are thriller enthusiasts, uh, um, they like that uh, the larger print. It's easier to grasp. Yes. Well, this yeah. has been great, Peter. Um, I was wondering um, before we sign off, do uh, you think you could shoot me a signed copy?
1: Sure. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Should I go through Alyssa, or should I contact you direct with your email?
1: Uh, yeah, just email me your address. I'll send you a signed copy. Great. In fact, I'm going to send you another book, too, that I think uh, is a really good story, uh, Voices of the Dead. Oh, nice. And, uh, it's, it's about a, a Holocaust survivor oh, God. Uh, who's a scrap metal dealer in Detroit in 1971. And uh his daughter is killed by a, by someone in Washington DC in a car accident and Harry Levin the main character goes to investigate and uh, and finds out who this guy is who who is involved in the accident uh, mm. that has been covered up by the State Department so the guy the guy's a diplomat and he's protected by immunity and uh, and Harry and he's a German diplomat so Harry goes to Munich to Get revenge, and that's that's
0: how it opens. I want. I I, I really would like that because um, um, unbeknownst to you, <laughs> I've been studying World War II in the camps for twenty years or so. I do a lot of historical uh, biographies. I'm reading a number of books uh, now related to the camps, some some autos and some diaries, and uh, uh, I w- I was quite moved as a young child. Um, uh, my one side of my family was Italian immigrants. The other was Polish immigrants and uh, a lot of war stories and stuff like that. Um, Okay, folks, um, eyes closed tight. Peter Leonard. um, Peter is uh, uh, a pretty damn good novelist. He's got six uh, under his belt right now. He just finished um, uh, his latest, his seventh, uh, which he won't tell me about. But that's cool because uh, I'm going to get Peter back on the phone um, when I uh, when I get that book, also, um, Peter, where can we find your your uh, books? Uh, um, I suspect if we just Google you, uh, we can we can find you and order. Correct?
1: Indeed, uh, you can go, uh, go to peterleonardbooks.com. dot yeah. com, and uh, the new book is available uh, at Barnes and Noble stores, and I'm sure independent bookstores and uh, Noble dot and amazon.com
0: fantastic um are you going to do an ebook uh, eventually of all your novels um, uh, or are well, you I think there they're yet? all
1: they're all available in, they uh, are
0: yeah uh, yeah oh didn't know i'm yeah
1: they're all they're all available you know on as Kindles or, you know, okay. ebook versions. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't read, uh, I don't do go that route myself. I like, I like physically holding a book and reading it. Um, but that's, just I, do. Me. I do too. I'm with you.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. that's how you do it.
0: Yeah. Well, you can throw them at the kids also when they, when they act out. <laughs> <Right. Sure. laughs> exactly. Great. Um, Peter Leonard, thank you. Um, uh, eyes closed tight, pretty damn good novel i uh, i must say i i really enjoyed it and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show greg thank you anytime
1: time. Right. would be a pleasure to come back thank you sir